You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Megadeth, he sells, but who's buying? In the room, I have Rob. Man, I go to court when I have to. <laughs> John. I, I actually go to court when I have to. <laughs> and on the line, I have Kyle. Hi there. And Jackson. Hello. He sells, but who's buying? Is the second studio album by the American heavy metal band Megadeth, released on September 19th, 1986, through Capitol Records. The producer was Dave Mustaine, Randy Burns, and genre is thrash metal. I'm going to read from All Music Review. Steve Huey, arguably Megadeth's strongest effort in a classic of early thrash, Peace Cells combines a punkish political awareness with a dark, threatening, typical heavy metal worldview, preoccupied with evil, the occult, and the like. The anthemic title track and Wake Up Dead are the two major standouts, and there's also a cover of Willie Dixon's I Ain't Superstitious, which takes on an air of supernaturally induced paranoia in the album's context. The lines between heaven and earth are blurred throughout the album, and the crashing complex music backs up Dave Mustaine's apocalyptic vision of life as damnation. His limited vocal style is used to great effect, growling and snarling in a barely intelligible fashion under all the complicated guitar work. Vital, necessary thrash. All right, what do we think of Megadeth? Peace sells, but who's buying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I had never listened yeah. to this one. Really? Yeah, man. Like the same. You same, Rob. Rust in peace. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, rust in peace. Definitely. Um, Countdown to Countdown extinction. Countdown to extinction. Uh, you know that, that, that was that, that was my time. Um, but yeah, I yeah. wasn't expecting. His voice has always been like the one like detractor for me, and yeah. it's oh. really not bad on this record. No, it's pretty he, good. He does a really great job. You think he pushes the the stylings too much on later albums? I mean, life. What do you mean, life? I ain't got, I ain't got life. no life. You know, that's <laughs> hello me. It's me again. Hello me. <laughs> but that's for me. It's endearing, and I. It's like it's like coming home to a, a, an old friend. <laughs> sure, but it. You know, you could argue the whole like Getty Lee like mm. the dirt, but like it, his delivery has never been my favorite of the thrash uh, metal singers, and. Mm-hmm. I kind of uh like I was taken aback by how much I didn't care about the way that he was like delivering like it he, he does it well is what I I'm trying to say. Yeah, I've never been a huge Megadeth fan. Um they always and I think yeah, you're you're right. His vocals do present a different take. He has a very growly just kind of almost punk attitude towards towards singing. Mm-hmm. It's just in the background. It's almost unnecessary because he's he's just like Check out this guitar lick. <laughs> He's going to shred. 
And if you don't like my, you know, growling, grunting long, then that's that's fine. We don't need to go there. But I think on this, you're right. There is a little bit of that. I don't know if it's Motorhead or or something that has that just. It might just be the lineup, man. Raw. Yeah, the lineup, too. Yeah. But it does have that sort of like raw energy of a just like growling vocals. Oh, that, yeah, he's that, fucking pissed. That seems <laughs> seems to kind of work. Like he's he's still like, you know, this is what, three years after mm-hmm. Metallica woke him up, threw him, like drove him to the Greyhound station and threw him like on the bus. Yep. Four days back to L.A. Yeah, this is the, yeah. the first major yeah. label release for Megadeth. And I mean, what's the story is that he's he made Megadeth. To seek revenge, right? One hundred percent. He had four days of stewing on a greyhound. He's that kind of guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. The, you know what the fucking shittiest part about? I'm. I'm we're just going to go around in a circle here. When <laughs> so Metallica moves to San Francisco, Dave Mustaine's still with them. They hop in the car and they like U-Haul and drive uh, out to New York. So it's James Hetfield in his. Um, he's driving the, his truck with the U-Haul attached to it. Um, so he and Lars are in the truck bed. Cliff and Dave are in the back of the U-Haul, like, door closed. And the entire time they're driving, uh, James and Lars are listening to demo tapes to find a replacement for Dave Mustaine. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, fucking assholes. I mean... Dude, that's brutal. Yeah. That is fucking brutal. <laughs> I mean, so I couldn't say that Megadeth beat Metallica worldwide, but that that fuel for Mustaine gave him a unique voice here. I mean, he's like, okay, yeah. I can't beat them yeah. with yeah. power. I'm going to beat them with speed and with accuracy mm-hmm. and just technical skill. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a diss track. <laughs> <laughs> the entire his entire legacy has been one big diss track. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, dude. I yeah. know. I had always compared it, uh, Megadeth to like Easy E. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. Th- this is okay. Yeah. W- once Absolutely. Uh, MWA breaks up, we have our uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and then there's Easy E just being like, "Fuck y'all." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fartians, fartians in my lap and freezing my balls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, we're all. Uh, I was a Megadeth fan. I had um, Countdown to Extinction on cassette, but I never heard this record. I'd heard, obviously, uh, the title track, Peace Sells, and it took me until listening to this album, you know, in the year 2021 to realize that the beginning of Peace Sells, just that that bass riff and the, that drum intro was used by MTV for MTV News. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And they never got paid the royalties for it. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what Dave Mustaine says. I believe it, man. I've heard things about MTV. <laughs> they don't pay yeah. shit. I found out that Kurt Loder is 76 years old. <laughs> yes. Yeah, things that make you feel old. <laughs> but I don't know, Rob, did you... I felt like the first half of this record, like the first side, amazing. Second half, diminishing returns into the really? last song. Man, I really liked that uh, cover of I Ain't Superstitious. I thought that was pretty good. And I, I dug the Good Morning nah. Black Friday like I opener really... side Did you? Too. Yeah. The whole the whole thing? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You just you're you're not one for serial killer songs? Like, okay, here's the thing. It went on Gary so Gilmore's long. Eyes. <laughs> it went on so long it sounded like a spinal tap song. It sounded like these <laughs> lyrics were something that like an eighth grader would scrawl in like the margins of his algebra homework. And? and the eighth grader has like long, dirty hair and, and a Megadeth shirt. You're, you know, you're, you're not too far off, Kyle. Dave Mustaine left home at 15. 
like got an apartment and just started like selling weed. So he, you know, he 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 had one year on that eighth grader. Yeah, I mean, and that's when he was speaking to me <laughs> when I was that kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the that's the time that I was listening to that cassette in my brother's car. <laughs> oh, so you're like a Black Friday? That's you have nostalgia for that? Song? Well, not that song, but no, just Megadeth overall. I mean, Countdown to Extinction is obviously the, the sure, cassette yeah. that it was, but like I said earlier. Some singers, like Rob was saying, Getty Lee or Dave Mustaine, they have a sound. And if you have a part of your heart that likes that sound, it brings it it brings you back. It doesn't matter what album it is, as long as they're doing their style, because that's who they are. You're like, oh yeah, I remember. And it like it all it 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 has that flood of emotion that comes with it. That being said, absent from the nostalgia, I like this album. Uh I think okay. the songs are good. I think the the playing is good, I think the mix is good. Yeah, there's always some shit that's a little weird. I mean, you know, song about a French penal colony off the coast of French Guiana. Like, that's, you know, that's a weird thing. I put a star next to that one. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a good song. Devil's Island shreds. (laughs) Yeah, still a first side, right? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying first side only, second side you could do without. The second side's fine, but it's not as good as the first side. That can't be controversial. No, no, you're, no. You're, you're, you you are not incorrect, but I don't think that the returns are so diminishing that I would like. <clears throat> I don't fault it. Should we just say which is our favorite satanic song on the album? <laughs> I mean, that way you can see which side is better, side A or B, if you're just looking for the song about uh, devils and demons and conjuring and hexes. I mean, I'm going the conjuring if we're talking the yeah. satanic songs. Well, because right? the conjuring is a how-to. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but I still think that Bad Omen has like a nice, it, it, it paints a good picture of uh, like a, a, you know, a Black Sabbath kind of, uh, you know, stumbling upon a, uh, a blood orgy, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it's not bad, but I agree. The Conjuring is my favorite as well. Yeah. Jackson. <laughs> I fucking love Devil's Island for sure. And The Conjuring. Yeah. Those are my favorites probably. And the title track is really hard to beat. That is so awesome. Such a great example of Dave's just like, someone mentioned this almost like punk rock sort of yeah. approach to his yeah. vocals. I feel like. This, the, this whole vibe. Sure. I feel like Megadeth and Anthrax came from that school of, 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 more the punk playing obviously megadeth is like like you're saying dave is just a guitar whiz i mean he that is that is the bread and butter the core of of megadeth is him you know being this outlandish amazing guitar player it's sort of like a van halen situation where it's like no matter who you put around him you're gonna you know it's gonna be something Uh, it's gonna be thrash at a at that next level so yeah. Agreed. Yeah. He's off the chain. I do think that the second side is, well, it's a little weaker. That last song is was pretty awesome. The last song is incredibly good. My, my yeah, last yeah. words. Yeah. They definitely rally at the end. Uh, I want to say we're talking about um, Dave Mustaine's limited vocals. Um, he, he growls and he snarls a lot because he has a limited range and that's okay with me. <laughs> um, you're, the you're last, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. The last song that I sang at karaoke before the pandemic was Angry Again by Megadeth. (laughs) So this is your fault. (laughs) I I still blame the movie Cats. Yeah, we we thought that Fogue show did it, but maybe maybe we conjured this. It might have been those fucking cats. Uh, The title was lifted from an article in Reader's Digest, which was titled Peace Would Sell, But No One Would Buy It. That was weird. Dave Mustaine. Yeah, he seems to be political like, activist. Well, he's Dave. a reader of whatever materials are around him, right? Like he yeah. took he took the name Megadeth from a political flyer he found on the bus, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you think? That's what I heard. <laughs> no. Guys. But Guys. Tell me, tell me, Guys. tell me the story. Rob, Rob found some truth, yeah, yeah. on the internet, I where to, you I find the truth. To the <laughs> and found found some. Tell some... us, Rob, oh truth sayer. <laughs> okay, well, if you go to uh, truthscrambler.com backslash selling your soul means waking up in a cloning center by Donald Marshall. Uh, according to Donald Marshall, he wrote some of the death metal uh, band Megadeth songs and even appeared on the album covers. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys a link to the the phot- photographic proof. But uh, whether or not that is him on those covers is not as important as perhaps what he reveals about the hidden meaning of the term Megadeth. For it is not a name, but a term for the worst kind of torture imaginable. (laughs) Basically, in a nutshell, they torture your clone to death and upload your consciousness back into another copy of yourself and repeat the process again and again. Hence, it is not just... Isn't that Black Mirror? Shut up, Kyle. I'm not done talking. (laughs) Hence, it is not just death by torture, but Megadeth. Or multiple deaths by torture. This technique is precisely what they hold over them. All the celebrities and politicians who go there and wish they didn't have to anymore. Who wish to talk to get this out there and these sick elites find out and arrest for their, arrested for their heinous acts against humanity. They can't because they fear the mega death. So, and I read it on the internet, so it's oh. true. <laughs> right, so is, oh is, is David Marshall saying, one, that he is... Uh, a Vic Rattlehead? <laughs> no, he is not. The, you can see here, there's David Marshall, and that oh. is definitely not him on those album <laughs> covers. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot Vic Rattlehead. Guy spent like 10 minutes laughing about the fact that Megadeth's uh, like mascot's name is Vic Rattlehead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they give him a surname. <laughs> <So> Naturally. <laughs> um, but yeah, that so uh, according to the internet, that's where Megadeth comes from. What did you think it was? Some <laughs> sort of like the, the cost of uh, life from the atomic bomb? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the theory. That's that what they want you to I forget think. who the, uh, the, the Democratic uh, politico, who's, you know, anti-nuclear war, whose uh, flyer it came off of, you know. It could. I mean, th- there's no reason for Los Dos. Right? Underground <laughs> cloning centers. Right. Dave Mustaine is trying to get out the truth about how they're controlling the celebrities. I mean. They. The, the they. The them. <laughs> when I was looking up uh, the lyrics to, to this album on, this, on the song Peace Cells, the top rated comment was, Mustaine is an absolute cockhead, but I love him. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I don't know if I would love him. Pre, pre, he's interesting. He's, he's probably an aware of that. Interesting figure for sure. Yeah, he didn't like Obama, according he to. He didn't a like a lot of recent-ish yeah. Megadeth record. Well, and he's he became born again at some point, and I, I think sure that did. flavored his. Oh, is that what they want you to think? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I read you? Can, can I read you just a little bit more Maybe information that I have? I, this, infor- this information needs to be out, guys. From We're through the w- looking glass, people. From www.jesusessavior.com backslash evils America rock and roll Megadeth. 
Rob, the world is God's enemy. We are living in the last days, times of woeful uh, <laughs> apostasy, when more and more people are claiming to be Christians while openly and shamelessly living for the devil. Heavy metal is of the devil. Dave Mustaine is a dangerous influence, having had more influence over the youth of the world than all of America's preachers combined. Mustaine says he's now using his music to educate fans to the evils of the New World Order and the conspiracy behind the march towards global government. I'd hardly call Megadeth's dark lyrics, quote, educational, unquote. They're witchcraft lyrics. Incomplete thoughts. Fragments intended to plant ideas into the listener's subconscious mind, while the conscious mind cannot detect that meaning. The end result is that of the listener's mind is filled with the thoughts of hate, violence, anger, killing, suicide, Satan worship, self-pity, sexual immorality, blasphemy against God, and every unholy thought imaginable. Heavy metal music is demonic mind programming! So yeah, Rob, you've been using oh. a VPN, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I'm, I, I am definitely from India <laughs> right now when I'm looking up, looking up these truths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that does bring up interesting that Megadeth always always has that sort of world domination element, right? Like mm-hmm. a secret cover up conspiracy, yeah. and that's throughout all their albums. Mm-hmm. That there is yes. a new world order that the government will, you know, start holy wars, and you know everything will be covered up, and yeah, vast conspiracies. I feel like that's different than. Uh, a lot of the other thrash bands, even though they might touch on it here and there, it's it's a running theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of their album art, I feel like for the, the 80s and a lot of the, the 90s was like that was a theme the entire time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're deep in the response to Reaganomics, you yes. know, like, oh, yeah. well, for example, Vic Rattlehead on the cover of this album is standing in front of a destroyed uh, UN headquarters uh, with a for sale sign. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? Yeah, <laughs> I love the artwork too. Me, Me too. Yeah, it's quite yeah. good. This one and and uh, Rust in Peace and yeah, so good. Well, and Vic Rattlehead himself embodies the the phrase uh, "Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil" because he's a skull with uh, metal clamps on his eyes, mouth, and ears. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Right. Deep shit. Right. <laughs> it's not all just. Uh, it must have been uh, painful growing up like yeah, that. Paying your bills. <laughs> <laughs> I showed him to court, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How can you not love it? Yes, he's a cockhead, and I love him. <laughs> that song is. I didn't know that this album was this early on in their in their dis- discography, mm-hmm. and it it pleased me to hear and see that they were totally not fucking around this far back. You know, yeah, like it's just so solid. Yeah, they kind of came job. right out of the gate. I feel like he had that he had the knowledge and sort of inspiration from Metallica, and then just just tore it up um, on their previous uh, album. Killing is my business, business good. 
Uh, Combat Records gave Mustaine 8000 to record the debut album. The band quickly burned through the cash, uh, so the label gave them another 4000 but most of that money was spent on food, drugs, and alcohol, forcing Megadeth to fire their producer and produce the album themselves. Despite the lack of production value, Megadeth album uh was well received mm-hmm. so they bought they bought the weed they bought the coke <laughs> yeah but they still made an album so i mean yeah i heard this record was kind of difficult because of that specifically yeah i mean dave mustaine is notoriously difficult and that's why he's, <laughs> he's kind of a prick not in uh, metallica yeah, yeah. He, he, he was a, he was a no problem. pricks in metallica no pricks free <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty> band <laughs> he was a he was a violent drunk yeah. Um, and his upbringing brought him that he was like his his dad would beat the shit out of him. And after his mom divorced his dad, his dad stalked them. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like c- came from some shit. I mean, it kind of came full circle, though, because after uh, the 1987 uh, promotional tour for this album, they actually fired. Uh, was it Chris Poland uh, for substance abuse? So. I think I think at that point, you know, Dave Mustaine was like, there's a level that you can. Yeah, you, uh, you can have some drinks, but you you got to be in a band like I'm not fucking around anymore. They were like they were full blown junkies when they came in. Yeah. And then they got yes. everyone else hooked on junk. Yes. Or everyone else was like, that looks like fun and, and hooked themselves <laughs> on junk. Yeah. Uh, he apparently uh, Alice Cooper is his godfather. Oh, right. no shit. Because like he asked, he asked Alice Cooper to be his godfather after like oh, asking him for help going into rehab. Yeah, like yeah. as he no. became oh. his godfather, not yeah. not that he knew his dad when he was born. No, yeah, no. Like, Alice like a, Cooper sat that band down when they were opening for him. Was like, guys, I've done everything, I've seen everything. You what a keep, what a great you, guy. You cannot keep this up. Totally. You are going to burn out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He was a he's a good dude. Uh, anything yeah. else about the recording quality or? Recording How quality is, is immaculate. Uh, I think it's fantastic, to be honest. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's all this thrash, 80s thrash has has a bit of thinness. I mean, yeah. due to its nature. But what for what, what it is, I, w- I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to Metallica, I thought the bass was pretty, like, distinct mm-hmm. and, you know, easy to discern and, uh, you know, featured heavily. Mm-hmm. Which label is this on now that they they switched from Combat? Capital. 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 That's right. Surprised that Capital, you know, was digging into metal bands, you know, this early. But I guess you mm-hmm. know when when they saw how me- the sales. Yeah, and they saw mm-hmm. what Metallica was doing. Yeah. Like, Fuck, we need to get one of these yeah. things. Yeah. Where can I get my own Metallica? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I was uh, coming back from San Diego uh, about four years ago and I was sitting in the airport and I was reading the Keith Morris documentary and uh, this long haired, red haired, long red haired gentleman came up to me. and was like, Hey man, I was like, how's Keith's book? <laughs> and I look mm-hmm. up and there's mm-hmm. Dame Stane. I was like, it's pretty good. He's like, all right. Then he walked away. Like we said, he's a reader. Yeah. Right. How did he smell? How did he smell Rob? Um, like a clove and orange peel. I mean, he was, oh, he was a well-adjusted nice. adult at that point, right? What was he wearing? Yeah. Uh, he was wearing a little suit jacket. I, I have a, I have a photo on my phone of it that I took from behind my book once I realized that Dave Mustaine came up and talked to me. Surreptitious photos of DaveMustaine.com. 
You can also just text it to me. <laughs> so we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna get uh, rest oh, in peace. Hell yeah, we are. So nice. I'm excited. We oh, can, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. So we'll uh, we'll revisit Megadeth uh, in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to go around the room? Is is everybody on the positive or sort of? I'm growling and snarling my yes over here. Definitely positive. <laughs> okay. Jackson's on positive. Yeah. Sounds like John yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful... I mean, I feel like this is the... Uh, I mean, I guess this is a sophomore album, right? Yeah. Not the debut. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. there is no sophomore slump here. Yeah. This is an elevation nope. of the first record. That is such a lie. Yeah, it's, That's it's what I'm bullshit. realizing with this book. That's bullshit. Unless so many of my favorite albums are like the second album. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think the slump is the sales, and normally, oh, the, okay, the, okay. Uh, normally the sophomore slump is referring to the second record on a major label release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in terms of quality, nah, I mean, that's, oh, yeah, no yeah, way. no comparison. All right, next time we'll be talking about Bon Jovi, "Slippery When Wet." Thanks, y'all. <laughs>